You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. so good today i want to talk on the topic of deep love this month is uh the topic of love but my title is called deep love so let's pray father god thank you so much for your goodness lord i just pray that you take us to a deeper love take us to a deeper love speak to me And I pray that the words that come out of my mouth will impact and touch us and change us to have a deep love. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, love is a very hard concept to grasp because, because we can't really compare it to anything. I mean, we could probably compare it to a dog. They love us unconditionally. <laughs> I really believe that um, d- like God's love resemblance is through a dog because you can beat a dog, you could do some horrible things, but that dog will always come back and still love you. And I really feel like that's kind of a resemblance of how sometimes we treat God. And so... And not all of us, but I know sometimes I've done things where I've been so angry at God. But his love, his love just really outpours over me. And he still says, I love you. No matter how messed up you are, no matter what you say, my love is unconditional. And so, you know, in the human world, it's easy to say love looks weak. Why is that? Because the Bible tells us that If we forgive, we have to forgive. And sometimes people do stuff to us that they don't deserve forgiveness. But the Bible still tells us to forgive. When someone brings pain, when someone hurts us, we're called to let it go. When someone grabs, when someone like just smacks you across the face, you turn the other cheek. So it seems like love looks weak in humanity, but in God's eyes, that's actually where you're strong. See, love is a secret weapon. It brings long life, it brings freedom, and it brings joy. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 4, 7. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. And it talks about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not, it, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not light, de, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, and always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. <sighs> love is so hard. 
I, I mean, this is a silly story, but sometimes tofu annoys me. <laughs> this is my story. Oh, so here we are. We're on our bed, and he, like, he just has his paws right there, and he starts barking, like a little bark, like, help me, Mom. Take, put me on the bed. And I'm like, dude, that bed is only three feet. You can jump on it. So here I am, I'm like ready for bed. He's like, come on, help me. I get up and I'm coming towards him to pick him up on the bed and he jumps right up. And I'm like, wanna choke him. <laughs> I was like, you asked, you'd put on this whole little poor me, mom, help me attitude. And the moment I get up, he says, okay, just, just kidding. <laughs> and he does it every night. You can ask Steven. <laughs> and I get so annoyed every single time. And I'm just like, you can get up here. Stop playing with me. And he will not jump up until I get up to try to reach for him. And he jumps up like nothing. And so I'm reminded, love is patient. <laughs> love is patient. <laughs> And love is kind, because I want to smack him sometimes. <laughs> but I have to be kind. <laughs> so I've learned also through tofu what love is. <laughs> so I want to talk about loving people. Are we reflection of love? For John 13, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This verse is so powerful to me because I feel like people forget what does it mean to be disciples of Christ. It's easy to throw rules and regulations and it's easy to judge people, it's easy to talk about people, but we forget that we know, God knows that if we're disciples of him, it's as simple as do we love one another? And then if we go back to what is love, are we patient when someone's annoying you? <laughs> are we kind to them when you just want to smack them? <laughs> you know, and we just go down the list. Are we doing that? Because that's what, that's what a disciple of Christ is. And not only that, are we seeing through the eyes of Christ? Can we see beyond a person's faults? Can we see who they really are, who God has really created them to be? And we all know who Joker is from Batman. If you don't know, then you got to watch Batman. <laughs> and I love the newest Joker movie that came out. I love to know where, what, where did the villain start? And in this movie that I'm watching, The Joker, it pretty much shows him as a little boy as he's growing up, and he's being bullied by other kids that turned him into the man he was, the Joker. Vengeful, hateful, his heart turned. I don't believe anyone's born evil. I believe people become the way they are because of the pain, because of the hurt that's, that they're dealing with. I, uh, I'm addicted, so people are addicted to like TikTok and uh, Instagram, whatever your social media is. But me, I'm addicted to Facebook videos. <laughs> I could sit there for hours and watch. And um, every time I uh, watch, I always get really cool stories. 
And there's one video that keeps popping up these series of they, this guy interviews homeless people and he uh, uh, interviews uh, drug addicts and street people. And every time he interviews them, it's so interesting to hear their story. And I'm so in awe. But the thing that I've noticed every time he interviews people, he asks, how was your family? How did you, all, how did you grow up? And every single one of them had this in common. They came from a family that was abusive, that didn't love them. And so they ended up to where they are at right now. So it's kind of one of those things like we see where they're at, but are we seeing who they really are? Because where they're at right now, the, see, the thing that we see, the drug addict, we see the homelessness, are we seeing the outward or are we seeing deeper how Christ looks at them? He's like how Christ looks at people. He looks deeper. He looks with them in love. He looks with them as they're a child of God. He, he looks at them and saying, you know what? I have great plans for you. The, where you're at right now, your homelessness, your addiction, that's not how God looks at people. He looks beyond that. And he hasn't given up on people that, that, that are homeless, that are drug addicts, that are dealing with stuff. He's, he hasn't. He's still after everyone's heart. He, he's not done. I believe if you are struggling in a position, God is not done. It's not over. It's not over. But here's the thing. We as people are capable of being used by God to help bring love and to bring restoration, to see past the outer being of the struggle that they had to do, endure when they were younger. You know, when someone hurts, the question is, when someone hurts, are we... I want to talk about this also. Because we all go through pain, and we all go through struggle. When someone's hurting, are we capable of forgiving when someone hurts us? Knowing that hurting people hurt others. Can we understand their, Can we understand that who they are is, can be their old version of who God has really called them to be. Everyone deserves second chances. This story changed my heart when it comes to forgiveness. So another story that I watched from Facebook is that... Um, whew, this, this touched my heart. Um, this father came in, and when he came in, he saw the babysitter who was an 18-year-old boy, and he saw his son. And the babysitter, unfortunately, had his, um, did things to his son that was very young, like 10 years old. And the dad came in angry when he saw this. He was furious. He grabbed the babysitter and started beating him. His face was so distorted, you couldn't even recognize who he was. This dad was so angry for what this babysitter did to this little boy. He went into the kitchen, and he grabbed the knife. And when he's, when he's ready to kill this babysitter for what he's done to his son, his, his son stood next to his dad and said, Sir, please don't. It made me weep because this 
little boy stepped in, not only saved his dad's life, but also saved the abuser's life. The father dropped the knife, he ran to the phone and said he had beat this babysitter up. And, um, and when he went to court, everyone applauded the father and said, you did what was right. And he said, no, I'm not the hero, but my son is. He stepped in and saved the father's life because if his father killed the abuser, he would have been in jail for life and gave a second chance to the abuser by allowing him to live. When I heard that story, it, it touched my heart because I said, you know what, I want to have a heart like that. Even when other people hurt me, can I have the reflection of standing and saying, no, I forgive. I forgive. Doesn't, that person didn't deserve it, but I want to be a reflection of saying, of Christ, of saying, I still forgive. I believe that's true, love. You know, it is easy to love people who love us. But can we love people who hurt us? Can we do that? For it says in Matthew 544, um, I just added this, so I, didn't, I don't have it in there. Um, it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Every year, God speaks to me, and he tells me, um, that, like, this year I want you to focus on this. It could be this year I want you to focus on as uh, this is the year of um, facing your fears. This is the year of being generous. And so this year, when I entered into this year, I said, Lord, I need to know what this year is. You always tell me every year what I need to work on. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this year is a year for you to love, to love more, deeper. And uh, for me, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very kind person, but I don't love deep like I should because I've dealt with a lot of uh, people that hurt me in the past, and I've always put up a wall where it's like, yes, I'm kind to you, but I won't let you get too close to me. And I, and I, I said, you know what, but that's not the resemblance of Christ. Even if people hurt me, I want to be like that little boy and say, even if you hurt me, I'm still going to forgive you and I'm still going to love you where you're at. And I remember watching that little video, Facebook video. I said, God, I want to be like that. I want to love like you. I want to be able to love so openly that this heart of mine will let go of all the pain. And even if people do, do hurt me, I still want to love because I failed in loving like you. I need to love deeper. The thing I love about Jen is she's one of those people that loves people unconditionally. That when you're around her, you just feel that love. It's like that's one thing I truly admire about her. It's like I want to be like that. I want to be where when people are around me, I, people just feel that love. And I believe she carries the unconditional love of Christ. That's one thing I truly love about her. So yes, we're called to love people, but you know what? We're also called 
to love yourself. So point two is loving me. Life throws situations at us that causes us to grow, to have a wall, a wall that can callous our hearts to allow us to become bitter, to grow in unforgiveness. The scary thing is the fruits of unforgiveness is really scary. It can be, it can torture us in anger. It causes us to be resentful, bitterness. Can allow us to be depressed, deal with anxiety, hatred, to be shameful, to be activated in guilt. But it's important that through this we choose forgiveness, that we forgive ourselves. It says in Luke 7:47, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But who ha whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And so in this story, I love this story because it's about the lady who gives the alabaster box to Jesus. And everyone knows her situation. As she walks in to the Pharisee house, everyone is whispering and gossiping about her. Did you, did you know what she did? Do you know what, you know, do you see the sins that she's done? How many people has she been with? People are constantly gossiping about her. And I can't even imagine how it would be just being in a room full of people who are constantly just hating on you and gossiping on you. But you walk in and all you do is go at the feet of Jesus. Maybe she's feeling shameful. Maybe she's feeling guilt. Maybe she can't even look at herself. But she's, she, and she's just, as she's walking to, to the feet of Jesus, she knows the guilt. She doesn't, maybe she doesn't know, is Jesus going to forgive me? Is he going to condemn me in front of all these people? I don't know what she's thinking about, but she's at the feet of Jesus. And she's just wailing. She's wailing. And she wets Jesus' feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair. She's an unworthy woman to be at the feet of Jesus. And everyone knew that, even Simon. Simon Peter was like, Jesus, don't you know who she is? But it was really cool because Jesus gave an analogy. He said, there's two people, and two people owed money to someone. And one, one person owed, like, let's say, a denarii, another person owed 10 denarii. Who's going to be more grateful if, if the debt was wiped? The one with the greater, the greater debt. He gave that analogy to remind that this woman is going to praise, praise him because her debt is so huge. I love Jesus' unconditional love. And then he turns to her and, and says, your sins are, are forgiven. You know, maybe some of us deal with unforgiveness towards ourselves. We've dealt with things. We've dealt with shame. We've dealt with guilt. We've done things that we regret. But you know what? Even in this instance, even though Jesus saw her and knew all her sins, he still backed her up and said, you're still forgiven. I still have your back. 
That's so much love. And because of that, she's going to praise him like no other. And you know, with life, we deal with situations where we mess up and people, people hurt us as well. Again, we go back to hurting people hurt others. But here's the thing. In Matthew 18, 21 to 22, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not even, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, saying, keep forgiving no matter what. No matter what, keep forgiving. The more we forget, the more we forgive, the more love we have in our hearts. The more love we have, the more healing we have in ourselves, and the more healing we're able to be used to heal other people in our lives. And I want to talk about the story where how unforgiveness is very scary. This mom, she was abused as a child. Her parents abused her. Her parents, you know, just was nasty to her. As she got older, she had her own child. It was a little boy. But she never healed from the unforgiveness she had towards her parents. So unfortunately, the pain that she dealt with, every, every unforgiveness, every hatred, what did she do? She took what her pain and did the same thing to her son spoke death and destruction over him. You're no good. You're not going to amount to anything. You're worthless. She would throw him in the closet. The little boy would scream, help me, please, please. And this little boy was hopeless, not feeling loved by, by his mom, not, not feeling like he's worthy of anything. He's just so, he's just at his point. And this happens day after day after day to the point where this little boy committed suicide in that closet. The power of unforgiveness. And this is very scary because, see, unforgiveness caused generational curses, can release a generational curse from one generation to the next to the next. That is why it is so important to release forgiveness. Because forgiveness not only releases something inside of you, but also releases a generational blessing from your family to the people around you. It brings so much freedom. This is the power of forgiveness. People say, well, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. Absolutely, they don't. But forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you, and it's for your future. I get it. I, I totally get it. It hurts. It's hard to forgive. It is so hard. But the consequences of unforgiveness is worse than, than the short pain that we have to deal with. And then lastly, I want to talk about loving him. Because, see, here's the thing. We know we have to love others. We know we have to love ourselves. And when we do, then we can have the desire to have the reflection of God's ultimate love. 
which is John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just like Jesus, just like God, he died for our sins. Just like that little boy, he stepped in. When these people were undeserving. I want to have a reflection like that. I want to have a reflection that no matter how much hell I'm going through, I'm going to still say, I love you, Jesus. I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where King Nebuchadnezzar says, he says he's proud of his artwork and he creates this nice statue. He's like, dude, that's my statue. I'm so proud. Everyone, let's worship this statue. Come on. I'm so proud of it. Made of gold. Cities worshiping this statue. People, of course, gossip. Wait, why are these three brothers not worshiping this statue? And goes up to King Nebuchadnezzar and says, Hey, these dudes aren't worshiping your statue. They don't honor you. <laughs> then King Nebuchadnezzar says, All right, come on, you guys. If you don't worship this statue that I created, I'm going to throw you up, throw you in the fire. And what happens? These three brothers say, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord. And what impacted me so much is that even if they die in the fire, they will still bless the Lord. Can you imagine? You're right there on your deathbed. And let me tell you, I think burning is a worse way to die. <laughs> You're right there. You're ready. You're about to hit your, you don't know. You're like, God, I don't know if I'm going to survive, but I do know I'm going to be tortured and it's going to hurt <laughs> if I go into that fire. But to stand still and say, God, I will bless you no matter what, no matter what hell I go through, no matter even if I feel hopeless, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what my situation's going to look like. I don't know what my future is going to look like. I don't know. I don't know. But God, I'm going to stand still. And I'm going to bless you at all times. Because that's the faith I have in you. Because that's the love I have in you. I love you so much. I don't know what's going to happen, God. But my faith is going to stand firm. Because I will bless you at all times. I might die in that fire. I might not ever see anyone. But God, my faith and my love is going to stand firm because I love you so much. I love you so much. I know I'm called to love one another. But Lord, I love you. I love you more than anything. I love you more than the circumstance. I love you more than the hell. I love you even though I might be in headed toward torture. I might be headed. I don't know what's going to happen. But I love you. I love you. That's the kind of love I want for you. Help me to love like that. How Job, how this man, 
how his wife said, curse God and die. Everything's taken away from you. Curse God and die. All the friends, you, you did something wrong, Job. What did you do wrong? But he still stand firm. And so, and said, God, you're still good. No matter what I go through, I'm still going to praise you. Because just like the lady in the alabaster box, she went through that fire of her own, that humiliation, and she said, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And I'm going to praise you even deeper because I'm not worthy of it. I'm going to shout louder. I don't know what's about to happen, but Lord, I bless you. I will love you no matter what. Thank you, God. And every person in here, I, every head bowed. I mean, every eyes closed and head bowed. First of all, if you don't know who Jesus is, I want to ask you this question. Because even despite the turmoil that I, you might be going through, there's no hope. There's no hope without the God of hope. But in order to have hope, you got to believe in the God of hope. He loves you so much. So right now, I want to give this opportunity, if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to say, Father God, thank you for dying for my sin on the cross. I declare heaven is my home and God is my Father. In Jesus' name. And every person in here, maybe you're like, I want to love. I, I need to love people more. I need to love myself more. And most of all, I want to love you, Lord, more. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Thank you, God. Father God, I just pray for every person in here that you pour out your presence. You pour out this unconditional love. Help us to love like you. Help us to love people more. Help us to love us more. And more than anything, help us to love you more. Let it let our love not waver, but continue after you. Thank you so much for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.